Marcus Sahaba Online Radio, serving you wherever you are. We have our Palestinian update with Hafez Ibrahim Musa. Uh, we also listen to Faisal Isub as we're going green. And then our Nasiha coming from an old friend. Alhamdulillah. Allah ta'ala bless him. I feel shy to call him a friend even. You know, he's an alim, you know. But uh, the relationship we have is uh, quite fantastic. Indeed, Mulana Riyad Limbada. Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala bless him, mother, fantastic individual. It's a program of fantastic individuals this afternoon. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. You know, Tobela also, uh, all round nice guy. And um, this is what we like, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. This is what we like. We like to be your company and we like to be searching for the truth here on the Current Affairs show. But right now, let's uh, continue to search for the truth. And uh, that means speaking to this young, handsome individual. And I mean none other than Hafez Ibrahim Musa. Hafez Ibrahim, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hafiz Ibrahim, you know, I, I, I get so happy when I hear your voice. You know, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, uh, with your company every single, every single week. We look, uh, we, we, we look forward to listening to your voice, Hafiz Ibrahim, you know, with that passion for Dean. And also I know uh, Hafiz Ibrahim Musa has a fantastic passion for the masjid. His heart is in the masjid. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala bless him indeed. Uh, Ibrahim Musa, how was your Juma? How was your, I, I don't know if I should even bring in uh, the Juma lunch, but how was your Juma overall? Alhamdulillah, Yusuf, uh, it, it, it's uh, really uh, cool at this moment in time uh, to notice the season that we're entering, and that's obviously the month of Ramadan, so uh, there's lots of excitement building with that, and uh, that's that's uh, the flavor I think you get from uh, everything that's going around, and uh, what what's, uh, you know, the imams would talk about that uh, Juma, so inshallah, that's, uh, that's a spirit that we're looking forward to, and obviously with the month of Rajab as well, uh, rightly or wrongly, um, obviously for certain reasons we associate it um, with uh, you know events at Masjid Al-Aqsa as well. So it's it's a it's a positive time, and uh, Alhamdulillah, you've given us still uh, you know we count down to Ramadan, but there's still. Uh, these two months, which gives us a kind of window period that it just doesn't occur, um, uh, you know, out of the blue. So it's, it's a nice, nice period to to ease in, inshallah, to the month of Ramadan. Amin, Amin, Amin. Alhamdulillah, very nice indeed. And Juma lunch was it a memorable one, or did you did you have it at home or did you have it at work? <laughs> uh, so I'm still uh, usually it, it, it's um, I, I speak to you on an empty stomach and uh, build up the appetite through the interview to do it afterwards inshallah subhanallah subhanallah you see uh, my brother Ibrahim Musa I'm sure you know with the character of Ibrahim Musa and with the akhlaq of Ibrahim Musa and you know with his love for Dean probably has that stone tied to his belly as we're doing this interview Ibrahim uh, you know I wish we could be uh, this up beat when it comes to uh, the subject of ours. I know it's a very uh, it's a subject that requires a lot of attention. When we talk about Al-Aqsa, when we talk about Palestine uh, we talk about uh, we want to be talking about happiness we want to be talking about uh, you know spirituality but the people of Palestine going through so much difficulty and uh, last week uh, you know uh, we, 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 we discussed uh, we discussed the snow in Al-Aqsa and for the entire week I was, I was quite 
you know, you know, my heart was paining a little bit. My heart was paining uh, for those people in Syria because we continuously get reports of babies freezing, families freezing, and you know, you, if if you look at the contrast of, of 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 how snow can affect the people, like on the one side we see snow as a bit of hope. There's a bit of ray of hope. And then the other side, we've seen snow come with complete just destruction and and, um, and misery. And, you know, it was I was sitting and pondering about it. But then, alhamdulillah, I see you sent me this information from the Palestinian Information Network, which sort of made my heart quite, it made my heart happy, Ibrahim. Uh, and uh, apparently Palestinians in Beit al-Maqdis uh, are raising uh, money for Syrian refugees. This is just an incredible story, and uh, you, you, you're rightfully so joyful about it. Um, and I don't think I've really uh, uh, sent out uh, the, the, the total beauty of what this represents, because uh, if you uh, go on to uh, social media at this moment in time, and, and really it's, it's, uh, there, there have been some forerunners in this, uh, some you know prominent people in Palestinian society or prominent online people who have uh, been collecting uh, money for Syria for months, and that uh, kind of built up the initial uh, momentum. Uh, not too much coverage, but they, they had impressive results even for uh, a few months going straight wrong now. Uh, but I, I think obviously those, those images, and they are particularly uh, painful, uh, the images that have come out from Syria uh, this year in the, the cold winter season with the snow, people still in those refugee camps. Um, and although it does uh, once again rekindle some sparks of uh, empathy within us, uh, in actual fact, this is a nerve tragedy for these refugees for uh, almost a decade now. So uh, when when those new images came out, it really uh, just took this camp- these type of campaigns in our courts to an entire new level. Which uh, you know has seen really. I, I think uh, I have to highlight more of these stories. Uh, you know, in a, a much more succinct way uh, for people to appreciate the, the, just the a, a absolute beauty and inspiration that's coming out of this. So, you know, masjid by masjid in in Jerusalem as well as Palestine, 1948 regions, and perhaps some parts of the West Bank as well. Uh, you know, they've been having uh, these prominent collections in the masjid, uh, then, uh, you know, there's been uh, online or social media campaigns as well. Uh, so in so many cases, uh, women have come out, uh, there's, you know, people coming out with uh, the entire jewelry collection, a part of very expensive jewelry, uh, giving all of that for, for the refugees in Syria. Uh, there was a case of a man who... Uh, you know, sold his house where they sold it for this purpose or was in the process of selling it anyway. And uh, he, he basically uh, uh, had an amount of about $100,000 that uh, were the proceeds of that house. Instead of uh, buying something else with it, he contributed the entire amount to build an entire refugee village for uh, for Palestinians um, or, or for Syrian refugees uh, out there. And, and uh, Mohammed Matar, the Palestinian journalist uh, slash activist, uh, you know, said something beautiful that I'm pleased, I'm happy to be part of a community 
or the Palestinian nation, who at this moment in time are competing with each other uh, mm. to be able to assist fellow refugees. And he, he said further, this is like uh, a gift from one refugee to another. And to expand this out, so there's this incredible spirit of, of cooperation. Uh, there's two things to consider. The one is um, how people, as, as you know, the, uh, the, even the Quran describes people who uh, are deserving themselves, uh, people who are deserving themselves, but uh, yet they give it all off to others. Uh, so you, you look at them as being most uh, in need themselves, and yet uh, they have this concern for the next person, which was the quality of great people in the past, uh, like the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. And you think about uh, the conditions in Jerusalem now. Again, uh, let, let's get things in perspective. You know, the, the issues of of poverty we see in different parts of the world. Uh, people are, uh, are victims of natural disaster. That's not the case in Palestine. Palestine, generally, people have a, a good standard of living. Uh, perhaps in Gaza, situation would be a bit more di- uh, different. But generally, people, uh, you know, are professional. People are educated, and people uh, can, can live a higher standard. And the standard is generally high. But uh, the, the 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 issues of occupation make it such that uh, Palestinians, their ability to live well, are not able to live well uh, because of the, the difficulty to find jobs, the structural oppression against the, the Palestinians, uh, and the kind of fines that Israel would impose on Palestinians, particularly in Jerusalem, uh, you know, for any minor infringement as they perceive it, demolition of homes, etc. So these people are not needy per se, but uh, they have been rendered needy and, and have uh, you know, gone through difficult challenges because uh, of, of, of the occupation. So despite coming from that base of their own personal challenges, for them to have contributed now uh, tens of millions of rands and, you know, here these radio, radio funds and collections within, uh, you know, overnight They've raked in millions, literally, uh, and so many people are doing it separately, uh, each of them achieving amazing results. So uh, we, we look at what has occurred in first in terms of uh, where is it coming from, and then secondly, to broaden, broaden it out, um, what, why I feel this is extremely significant is uh, there's been an, a reality that has been imposed on this, this region of Sham since the fall, uh, since the time of the, uh, the, uh, the defeat of the Ottomans, and then the British, and then the Israelis coming thereafter, and this is a reality of this area being cut up and broken up into pieces uh, in terms of nation states. So uh, Palestine, as we see it in the, on the map, uh, that shape that we see so commonly, even that we use for advocating, uh, is not what Palestine looked like. Palestine was not a distinct mm. identity. It was Sham. It was this area that constitutes uh, Palestine today, uh, Lebanon, Syria, as well as Jordan. All of this was what we consider historic Sham, the land that uh, the Nabi of Allah wasalam, said uh, that the Malaika spread their wings over this particular land. And this is the land where the Nabi of Allah you know, said, Pubali Sham, uh, you know, glad tidings and blessings on this land of Sham. 
So this is uh, what was a historical reality, uh, that this was one united people. Uh, and, and uh, you know, despite the fact that over the, these years, the leaders were imposed on these people, uh, flags were imposed, different national identities to try and convince them that they, were, they are different. What we are seeing today is uh, beyond the, the charitable element and the beautiful inspiration we draw from that, the bigger inspiration is that this land sees it, it itself as one. And those colonial ideas, uh, people are challenging it through such, uh, such uh, acts of philanthropy. We can only hope that, uh, you know, in time to come, those uh, these type of ideas prevail even bigger uh, to be able to uh, defeat the reality that has been imposed on them, both in terms of the state of Israel as well as uh, those who uphold this kind of nationalist ideas uh, through the despotic rule in places like uh, Syria, etc. Well, uh, definitely, Ibrahim, and really it was encouraging. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, there was a time where, and I, and, and I cannot remember for what, the Palestinians were collecting for South Africa at one point as well. Am I, am I mistaken or am I right? Um, I... I don't uh, have a collection of South Africa specifically, but two things uh, that do remind me of, of South Africa uh, in terms of your question would be when we were going through the, the riots and the looting last year, uh, there were messages of support coming from the Gaza Strip to South Africa. Uh, that was one. And, and the other in terms of collection, yes, indeed, when uh, we had the opportunity 10 years ago to go with the Africa One convoy to the Gaza Strip, uh, I, I, I still I had a physical picture of this as well as the mental picture will never go away, uh, which was uh, a, a leaflet or poster that was uh, affixed to one of the walls in Gaza. And at that moment in time, again, a heavy siege that still continues in the Gaza Strip, uh, and they just come out of the war. Um, the, or, or we're still recovering from the effects of the 2008-2009 Operation Cast Lead. Uh, and despite that, they were collecting for Somalia, um, which was going through a difficult famine uh, at, at that point in time. So um, I, when you see such things, uh, you, you ask yourself, uh, you know, why is it that we always uh, cast the Palestinians as being uh, the downtrodden or as the, the, the ones that are defeated, when in actual fact these kind of acts that are projected by the Palestinians show us that they are indeed not the people who are uh, in search of sympathy. It is people in other parts of the world who perhaps don't have these qualities and you know cling on to miserliness and other other kind of bad qualities who don't have that ability to give who in fact we should be having sympathy for, or for rather than the Palestinians who've over, who have overcome you know, the baseness of themselves and um, if they have such qualities there's no doubt that sooner or later they will also overcome the external enemy that they face.
Subhanallah. Uh, powerful words indeed, Brother Ibrahim. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, something you you, you mentioned, which um, I, I, I found quite interesting because we were we were pushing this uh, in uh, the Merka Sahaba newsroom, and I'm sure you uh, may have also uh, seen this on social media, this message going around saying that it's not Nazareth, it's not Nazareth, it's Al-Nasra, it's not Akra, it's Akka, it's not Beit Sha'an, it's Bisan. Uh, you know this, uh, it's not Tel Aviv, it's Yafa, it's not Jaffa, it's Yafa, it's Al-Khalil instead of Hebron. All of this, all of this information going around on social media. And I think it was a good thing, uh, you know, for messages uh, coming uh, like this, because there's this concept of Hasbara, which uh, I think, uh, you know, we need to we need to become more savvy about. Yes, uh, so those are absolutely correct. I mean, you, you talk about, uh, for example, Escalon, uh, which you know is a is a city now within the so-called state of Israel, uh, and, and yet we have through our Islamic uh, studying and so forth uh, a common name that for for instance used uh, even Hajar al Asqalani, uh, you know, a person who had uh, written the, uh, the the commentary most famous commentary on uh, Sahih al-Bukhari. Uh, and and you, you, you then realize that, uh, you know, the, uh, we use these terms quite commonly. Uh, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani is from the, the land of Asqalan. Uh, and and uh, Asqalan is the name of, uh, or Ashkelon is now the, the name that's given to, uh, a name that we use so commonly. So, uh, I think uh, one is all these individual areas, and secondly, we have to even think out of the box. And uh, uh, Dr. Khalid al Oasi, uh, uh, the audio of that was sent out recently, where he spoke about how we stuck in the British paradigm, uh, whereby we, uh, even though you know we use these kind of maps to uh, to to illustrate, you know, the famous set of maps or the series of maps that show how Palestine was in 1917 and then what happened in 1946 and what happened in 1967 and what happened today uh, to show shrinking Palestine. Uh, Those are accurate, but the fact that we base it on that map, are we not stuck on what the British defined as the borders of Palestine in 1917? Uh, And we don't take one one logical step back to ask uh, what, what was the state of this land just a short while before that, when it was part of the Ottoman Empire, when it was part of the Muslim world, and this entire area was, number one, part of a much broader area that uh, belonged to, the, to Muslims uh, throughout the region. And secondly, if, if you narrow it down, even in, in Ottoman provincial terms, it was part of Bilal al-Sham. Uh, and that takes on important dimensions because... It's not somebody who just decided overnight that this should be called Bilal al-Sham. It's the terminology that's used in the Quran and Hadith. So uh, that, that's why, uh, you know, there's a group of scholars who now say, let's prioritize, uh, you know, even beyond, there's no, no harm or no sin to use terms like uh, like. Palestine or Jerusalem, but uh, in, in terms of even practicing on the Sunnah, 
let's you make be, be more forthright about using terms like uh, sham and then bait and maktis because this is uh, the the, uh, the words that are used especially in the description of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then Masjid al-Aqsa mentioned in the Quran uh, etc and we see then the power of language so one would be practicing on a sunnah if that's our intention and then we see uh, the power of language. We we just saw uh, uh, in this week uh, Amnesty International, for instance, uh, uh, joining the, the the now you know huge amount of organisations that are employing this language to refer to Israel as an apartheid state. We had uh, Human Rights Watch before that. We had Beth Salem. Uh, so so many uh, of these organisations referring to Israel as an apartheid state, and uh, we we see the kind of reaction that comes to Israel because of this characterization. So for years, people have been talking about occupation, and occupation doesn't have that bite in it. It's kind of an innocuous word. Uh, but now, when people just change the terminology, uh, it, it has uh, a serious effect on Israel. Uh, and, you know, that fight against it, tooth and nail with the Aspara campaigns. Uh, and uh, th- this also shows us that words have an effect in sculpting a new reality. And therefore, if we want to imagine a future of, of this land, uh, where in Islam uh, reigns supreme, where a future wherein uh, you know the uh, oppression is done away with, then we should uh, u- use such triumphant terms and not all, all always you know use terms that have been imposed on us, and also use a kind of language. Stop using a kind of language that is defeatist, and rather come out with a positive language, uh, which will inshallah then uh, take us towards the next stage, inshallah. I mean, I mean, absolutely, uh, brilliantly said and absolutely uh, brilliantly spoken Hafiz Ibrahim and uh, like you said you know I think uh, as far as Palestine is concerned at the end of the day we must realize that uh, you know this is our religion these are our words these are our teachings and this is what we have learned as Muslims and we set the trend you know us as Muslims must set the trend on what things are being called and what uh, uh, you know steps are being taken as far as protecting Al-Aqsa is concerned but uh, Ibrahim uh, that is all time is going to be allowing us uh, for now. Uh, we're really grateful, as always, for you making time for us. Passion filled, passion filled with uh, as far as Al Aqsa is concerned and South Africa's very own right Salah that we have on the line with me. Every, I don't know why. I, you, you guys have to be connected somehow. You'll have to be Haggad somehow. I don't know why, but it just reminds me of you. But Ibrahim, we say, Hafizah, we say, Jazakallah khair to you once again for speaking so passionately about Al-Aqsa. And every time, every time teaching us a little bit more, a little bit more of general knowledge, which we should be knowing. But uh, we will endeavor to learn more. Ibrahim, Jazakallah khair for joining us. And uh, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala grant you a hearty meal, a wonderful meal. And don't forget your dua before eating. I mean, I mean, I mean, what a guy, what a guy Ibrahim Musa is. Alhamdulillah, imagine uh, putting uh, lunch on hold, putting lunch on hold little bit so we can come talk about Palestine. And this is the passion we need, man. But this is a passion. Alhamdulillah, what a fantastic individual uh, he is. But at the end of the day, us as Muslims have to learn. 
we have to learn about the importance of Al-Aqsa, dear listeners of Marqas Sahab Online. We must, we must learn to practice on Al-Aqsa. We must learn to practice these new phrases. We must learn what Palestine is supposed to be. We must use these phrases as well. But it's always heartening to see how Palestinians rally together, you know. Because they are, the, they, they are the ones with courage. They are the fighters. They are the ones who are holding up the flag and uh, who are defending Al-Aqsa while we are sitting here doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Inna lillahi wa inna ilihi rajun.